Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Hey, Goal Achievers, welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is Hal Elrod, <laughs> and that is my guest today laughing in the background. Our podcast, I'll just tell you, was scheduled to start an hour ago. And we started it on Zoom video just to kind of get acquainted because it was the first time that we were meeting voice-to-voice or face-to-face. And it's been an hour and we just finished our small talk. We're like, all right, we should probably start this podcast. So... Uh, <laughs> That makes me that much more excited to introduce our guest today because I love her. I just got to know her over the last hour and you're going to get to know her over the next half an hour, roughly. So our guest today is an expert in one of the most important things in my world, and that is community. Whether it's on the personal level, my community here in Austin, Texas, my wife and I have quite a few extraordinary like-minded friends that have children our children's age, and that's kind of our local, you know, tight-knit community. And then of course, you, if you're listening to this, are a member of the Achieve Your Goals community, right? The listeners of this podcast. And there's a good chance that you're a member of the Miracle Morning community. And that is the largest, most engaged community, which as you know, we all meet together in a Facebook group called the Miracle Morning community. And I just invited Radha, our guest today, to join. So you'll be seeing her in there at some point. But Radha is a community creator. She is the co-founder, CEO, and chief community architect of Daybreaker, which is the early morning dance and wellness movement. They move, they dance, that currently holds events in 25 cities and over a dozen college campuses around the world with a community of almost a half a million people. And Radha is a successful entrepreneur. She's a co-founder of Thinks, T-H-I-N-X, and Live It Up which uh, I'm excited. We'll probably talk about that today. She just invited me to be a part of that. She's an author, globe-trotting speaker, DJ inventor, and investor. And her new book, Belong, which I am holding in my hands right now, it is gorgeous inside and out. But her new book, Belong, answers the questions, how the heck do I find my people? Right? That's the first question that her book answers. And the second is, how do I create large and meaningful communities in the real world. And Rada spent 18 months synthesizing her key methods for community building. Remember, she went from zero to a half a million people. And she's peeling back the curtain in this book on exactly what she and her team did and continue to do at Daybreaker so that anyone interested in creating their own community could have a blueprint for how to do it. And again, being that community is so important to me, and I I guess you'd say I lead the Miracle Morning community or facilitate that community, I am learning so much from this book. And the CEO and co-founder of Whole Foods, John Mackey, said this about Rada. She said, Rada is a force of nature. Her talks are energetic, inspiring, generative, and I can't wait to hear her speak at our next CEO summit. And he also said about her book, Belong, read this book, do what it says, and discover exactly where you fit in. Her book is Belong, Find Your People, Create Community, and Live a More Connected Life. I am truly honored and excited to introduce you to my new friend, Radha Agrawal. Radha, how are you? Ah, so good. And thank you for the introduction, Hal. And I love you so much too. And I've been enjoying our one hour as well. 
<laughs> so funny. I'm talking about time flying. I'm like, I know. like 15 minutes in, we're like, all right, we should probably get started, but, but real quick. And then 30 <laughs> minutes later, oh gosh, we're, you know, and now Rada's like pushing back interviews. She's in demand. And now we've got her attention here for the next uh, 30 minutes or so. Rada, so I've heard you say the single most important thing we can do as humans is to create community. And I would love for you to share with me and our goal achievers, our listeners, why is that the case? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing to really um, acknowledge is is how loneliness and isolation is our number one epidemic in this country right now, and so um, you know it's becoming clear that social media, um, these casinos in our pocket who are ding- that are dinging and, and sort of distracting us, are moving us away from connection and, and further into isolation and comparison and loneliness, um, and and. It's not actually helping the world. It's not actually helping us be happier. Um, so, it, you know, it's 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 the single most important thing we can do today. It's the most also the most generous thing we can do for one another and for ourselves is to put our laptops down. Is to stop canceling on our friends and actually commit to making friendships community a priority in our lives. I love that. Now, why did you call your book "Belong" instead of say "Community"? Right. So, you know, I really think of community as a container, right? Like community is a space in which you experience belonging. So belonging is the feeling that we're going after, right? Belonging is that exhale of, I'm home. I feel safe here. I feel connected here. Whereas um, community can also often be used as a buzzword for just another metric for how many members do you have? How many users do you have? How many community members? You know, how big is your community? Um, So I really wanted to sort of offer our readers a new lens to think about community, which is when you throw an event, when you invite people to your home, when you get together with your friend, when you're connecting with your colleagues at work, let's not think of it as a community because we can actually feel lonely. I can be part of a, uh, a, a um, I could be wearing the same sports jersey as somebody, right? Watching the New England Patriots game, or I could be, you know, at a, at the at church somewhere, but still feel totally, um, alone and out of belonging, right? So just because you're in a community per se doesn't necessarily mean like you that you feel like you belong. So so I really wanted to yeah again again give readers um, a different lens um, to think about community as as sort of a space in which creating a space for people to actually belong. Well, what I love about it is in the book it's all about intentionally either designing, creating or finding your people as you say, right? Like like minded people. And what I love about it is, you know, one of my favorite quotes, and I think it's one of the greatest truisms in life, which is from Jim Rohn, you know, you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with, right? Or some version of that. Absolutely. In fact, in your book, you said the expression, you are as good as the five closest friends you keep is real, y'all. And I'm in Texas now. so I I like that you threw a y'all in there. but, But I love how actionable your book is. Specifically, you've got all of these exercises that you give the reader throughout to immediately implement the things that you're teaching us so that, you know, as we're reading the book. And one of the first exercises that I came across is VIA, values, interests, and abilities, so that you know, the reader, you can get clear on what's most important to you. What are your values? What are your interests? What are your abilities? And what I loved is you gave a buffet, right? Like, you know, oftentimes, and I don't know if other people are the same way, but like when I read something and it's like, think of your this, I go blank sometimes, right? I'm like, uh, <laughs> right. I got nothing. What is a value? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. You have a list of like, you know, dozens of values and then dozens of interests and then dozens of abilities, right? Like here they are, right? <laughs> like, so, so examples of values. 
achievement, authenticity, boldness, compassion, creativity, curiosity, determination, fairness, faith, like on and on and on, right? So the one exercise that followed that, and they kind of really support each other, is you followed up with an exercise called the three columns in which you have people design their ideal circle of influence. And what I like about this is, because I talk a lot about circle of influence, about, you know, that I quote Jim Rohn all the time and say, you're the average of the five people. And the question I get a lot is, but how do you upgrade your circle of influence? Like, how do you find like-minded people? How do you find the friends? And can you walk us through the three columns exercise? Because to me, somebody listening, if all they do is this, it can be a game changer. Absolutely. This changed my life. Yeah. So I did this. I was 30 years old, you know, and I'll never forget this. I looked myself in the mirror and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't belong. I've spent my 20s in sports bars, you know, drinking beer and, and watching sports and, you know, care about. So yeah, so, so you know, 30th birthday, um, the next morning I, I woke up and I did this three column list. So column one was all the qualities I'm looking for in a friend. So it, we do this type of audit for our work, our, our professional careers. We do this for our romantic love interests, right? But like, when do we actually write down qualities that we're looking for in a friend? It just feels very weird and kind of almost embarrassing at the beginning because yeah. when you admit that I don't belong, if for some reason it's a shameful thing and it shouldn't be shameful because by the way, you know, I just went on a 22 city book tour and Every single person who came to my book event experienced it. The, 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 the main through line was I'm in transition. I'm looking for my new community and um, I don't know where to start. And so just knowing that and being sort of feeling that sense of comfort and knowing that every single person is going through that will make writing this three column list a, such, such a fun, kind of exciting, opportunistic experience rather than like, I'm, this is so dumb or I'm so ashamed or I can't believe I have to do this. I'm not able to run. A lot of people would tell me also like, you know, well, Rada, you know, um, I, shouldn't making friends be something that's sort of um, chance happening? Like, you know, you, like it's something that you, you want, you don't, I don't want to be so prescriptive with how I make friends, but, but yet again, but then again, we're doing that for our diets. You know, we're, we're thinking about what we're eating. We're thinking about what, how we're sleeping. We're thinking about every aspect of our lives. And yet we're leaving this one most important thing to chance. Yeah. Right. So it's like, let's not do that. So anyway, so, so write down the qualities you're looking for in a friend. So column one was that. So qualities you're looking for in a friend. Are your friends... I wanted friends who talked about ideas and not each other. I wanted friends who went to the gym and said, you know, said F yes to life, who fist pumped to life, you know, who weren't just like shoulder shruggers, right? I wanted friends who... Like I really wanted friends who, who are wanting to change the world, who are thinking about mission and, and vision and purpose and passion. So I wrote all of that down, right? And as soon as you take that time to start writing it down, I swear to God, how like in the same way that your miracles started happening with Miracle Morning, yeah. you know, the miracles started happening for me, the, the intention of putting it out there and writing it down on paper, not even on your phone typing it, but the act of writing it begins a manifestation process. And so all of a sudden... You're writing down the things you're looking for in a friend, the qualities you're looking for in a friend, and it begins to materialize. And then column two was all the qualities I didn't want in a friend and actually writing it down and finally saying, okay, I don't want friends who should talk to each other. I don't want friends who shoulder shrug. I don't want friends who are, are you know, sort of who are a Netflix and chillers. <laughs> you know, I don't want friends who are just like lazy, you know, sort of... Um, wait for other people to do things, backseat drivers, all those types of people I would write down on my list. And um, I also don't want friends who I'm just grandfathering in because I've met them in elementary school. You know, yeah, sure. I want friends to actually continue to inspire me and who I can also um, inspire. 
And then column three was all the qualities that I needed to embody. Probably the most important column. Column three was all the qualities that I needed to embody, right? Um, in order to attract the friends that I wanted. So I need to be less of a workaholic because I can be a work... I think both of us sure, can... can yeah. yeah, exactly. I can be definitely a workaholic. I love my job. I love what I do. Um, and so I can tend to just zone in and look up and it's 11 p.m. So I need to be less workaholic. I need to be... Um, a better listener. I need to be, um, you know, sort of less judgmental. I need to be more patient. You know, like so many things that that um, as entrepreneurs we're trained not to be. And and that's one of the things I realized. Like you know, when you're trained to be constantly looking for what's wrong as your job title, it's hard for you to kind of focus on 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 what's what's going right. And so, um, so I need to be less critical as well and focus on compartmentalizing my criticisms to constructors and at work, and then be more grateful at home or in my in my relationship relationships not be so um, critical of them so yeah so so all kinds of things were super eye-opening for me and, and this this kind of foundational exercise I did for myself was truly life-changing it be, I began to see the value and the importance of friendships and what they meant and ultimately I went from feeling out of belonging and out of sort of I was kind of marginally successful I, I, I was you know kind of charging along in my businesses and all my stuff. But as soon as I felt that strength and that connection with others, it took me three years, by the way, it wasn't, it wasn't an immediate thing. You know, it, it, it takes patience, it takes courage to continue putting yourself out there. But just, you know, writing down the three column list, put that in focus for me. But it did take me two, three years to actually find that tribe that gave me that exhale of home. But I just knew that's something I needed to continue focusing on. And now, you know, I'm, I'm now 39, nine years later, I feel more fulfilled, more connected. I have successful businesses because I felt that safety of friendships that I could, you know, kind of, kind of like fall into when I was struggling in moments of, of struggle and, and friends that I could go out with who can connect, who I could connect with. You know, all of this sort of my health and wellness, I lost 15 pounds. You know, it's like so much of my life. Um, you know, they say, that, I mean, there's so many studies that come out that, that show that when you have poor relationships, it's as harmful to your physical health as being an alcoholic and twice as harmful as obesity. And so um, having poor social connections actually impacts your physical health, which I never realized before. So, so many of these things started happening to me. And and then I began to realize, oh my gosh, like we have been in this country, particularly in America, that celebrates rugged individualism, going against against the grain, like do your own thing, like, you know, um, capitalism, like every man for himself, you know, grow a pair, you don't need anybody, (laughs) you know, right? Like all of that stuff that, that we celebrate in this country, that this kind of yeah, this sort of individualistic behavior is leading us down this really tough path. And only until we begin prioritizing the importance of belonging will we begin to heal our, our country and our world. I mean, if you look at every single social issue that we're facing from political polarization to obesity, to anxiety, to depression, to our opioid epidemic, to loneliness and depression, every single gun violence, like literally every single one of these social issues that we're struggling with ladders down to a single thing, which is our lack of belonging. And lack of belonging crosses both sides of the aisle. So if we, if we began to focus on that as the ultimate kind of um, sort of foundational issue, we wouldn't have gun violence. We wouldn't have terrorism. We wouldn't have the political sort of government that we currently have right now if, if the, the ones at the top were nurtured and loved, right? Like... Uh, so much of what we're struggling with comes from our lack of belonging. I mean, you read New York Times came out with an article just a few days ago that said that you know when we don't 
feel a sense of belonging. When we're isolated, we turn to politics and we turn to angry politics mm. as a place to find solace. And so it's crazy how we've kind of shoved the concept of belonging under the rug as kind of a nice to have when it is truly the most and most important thing to focus on today. Well, if you think about like pre-modern times, I don't know what modern times exactly mean, but, I, but <laughs> you know, and there's still parts of the world where this is the case, but when we lived in tribes in villages, that's all we did all day was belong, so to exactly. speak. Exactly. Right? No, that's right. We were around a fireplace dancing and hanging. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we were doing Daybreaker. So real quick, for those that don't know, what is Daybreaker? Right? Like, when did you start it? What year did it start? 2013. So we're 13. coming on five years. Actually, this Friday is our five-year anniversary. I don't remember what year it was, but it was pretty early when I first heard about it. And I was like, these are my people. It's just they're dancing yeah. instead of meditating in the morning. Like, yeah, talk about that. What is Daybreaker? And, and I'm just curious, like, what were you doing when you decided, hey, like, how did it lead... You know, what is Daybreaker and how in the heck did you come up with this and, and actually make it a real thing that has a half a million people doing it around the world? Yeah. So, I mean, really, it's, it's a three-hour experience. It starts from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. We're actually launching in San Diego. Um, I, I think you're... Well, I guess you're based in Texas now. My event, yeah. But yeah, but we're... Yeah, so we have to do your event. But um, yeah, we're in 25 around the world. 6 to 9 a.m. It's a one-hour yoga or fitness experience that leads into a two-hour full-on dance party. And imagine at 6 a.m. on a weekday morning dancing with fire spinners and aerialists and stilt walkers and break dancers and horn <laughs> section and all kinds of incredible um, sort of unbelievable eye candy that, 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 that will break your sort of mind open, your creative neural pathways open, that will connect you with others in a meaningful way. And it's all without alcohol. Um, we serve green juice instead of alcohol. And the idea really came from, I was 35 years old living in New York City Again, sort of in the hamster wheel of entrepreneurship, I was working on Thinks, my underwear company, and another company that I, I'd started, and health, health and wellness company. Um, and I was just in the hamster wheel of just like work, work, work. And I would go out at night to let my hair down. And, you know, people would be hopped up on drugs. Like I would find myself tempted as well um, many times. And I was like, you know, you walk up to an establishment and you're dealing with a, a jerk bouncer, you know, and I'm like, what? this is crazy. Like, I can't believe that huh. I'm, I'm still dealing with mean bouncers at the doorway. Like, what if we replace the mean bouncer with a hugging committee? Yeah. Right. So all these ideas began coming in my head of just like, you know, mean bouncers, everyone on their cell phones, spilled drinks, everyone on some designer drug. It's just like the nightlife experience was always so riddled with with darkness, but but still with the, the beauty of the social side of it, right? So yeah, the sure. idea came was the idea of like, what if we turn nightlife on its head? Well, dance is mm. the most potent form of self-expression. Dance is the most important form of form of, of connection to self and to one another. I mean, it, it re- again, it reconnects your creative neural pathways that have been deadened for many, many years and um, your whole lifetime since you were four and started getting ridiculed by your friends and family for looking silly when you danced. But so much of our of our um, of our creative creativity comes from our 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 willingness to self express and move our bodies with reckless abandon, and we forget that. And instead, we replace it with yoga and very sort of um, form kind of physical form um, uh, disciplines, right? Where where actually, if you just let your body flop in its natural formation to to music, you're you're actually unlocking so much that you're not unlocking in a typical gym environment. Um, so anyway, so, so, so the idea was, okay, there's so much beauty in dance. There's so much beauty in, 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 in connection. What if we did in the morning too, when our energy is the most full, where studies have shown we're the most optimistic, the most, most ready to learn. I mean, you know, this better than anyone else sure. as well. The morning is actually when, you know, we're, again, it's the best time for, for us to actually define that transformational you know, moment in our lives. And so it was a big experiment. Um, and 
you know, I spent several days with my partner sort of thinking about who would we invite to the very first one, who would be what I call in my book, a very technical term, an FYF of a fuck yeah friend. <laughs> um, and it's like, who's that FY? The F yeah friend is going to be like, F yeah, I'm going to try this weird morning dance thing. Okay. It sounds bizarre. No alcohol. Okay. I don't know, but fine. I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot. And we invited 300 people and it was a debate because like when you launch any community or any new thing, you kind of just in, typically invite anybody, everybody who you hope will show up. But actually to start a lasting community, it takes a lot of thinking, a lot of, um, a lot of sort of intention around what is the right energetic mix to bring together to think about what, you know, what will create that beautiful beginning energetic inertia that can keep a movement going. So we, we took that intentionality you know, there for, for Daybreaker. And we invite, we were very painstaking with the 300 names that we invited and 180 of them showed up. And, and that community, that first initial 180 people set the tone for everything else that was to come. And had we not taken that time to really curate that first event and make it password protected and really think about um, you know, not the negative knowledge of like, this is stupid. What am I doing here? And then build that kind of, you know, it only takes one bad apple to spoil the bunch type experience, right? Um, everybody yep. that was there wanted to be there. Everybody who was there was excited to be there, was, was you know, was, you know, kind of um, pushing each other to, to go deeper and deeper into the experience. And, um, and that was the beginning of it. By the second time we had, you know, each person who came invited one friend. So we had 300 people. The second one, by the third one, we had like 450. And by the third one, someone came up to me afterwards and said, hey, I'm moving to San Francisco, but I've, I've come to the first three events and it's been so incredible. I really want to bring it to San Francisco. Can I do that? And we were like, oh yeah, cool. Hmm. So then I spent the next you know month writing a, a playbook. So I wrote the Daybreaker playbook and it's now turned into a 75-page manual um, and playbook that I've trained personally um, every single one of our team leaders around the world, what we call our community catalysts um, in 25 cities and five continents around the world. And um, it's been really wonderful. We actually fly them to New York City and we the final round kind of like interview sort of um, um, training is actually a three-day sleepover at my house as well, nice. where we get to know each other beyond just you know across the table or in an office environment, but we get to really brush our teeth together and and connect as humans um, out of working hours. So that's created a sense of loyalty and connection that that I can't even explain. Has been so life changing um, as as a as as um, as we build the global movement, but also as humans building something together. That that sense of camaraderie and connection has been beautiful. That is beautiful. What's beautiful, and especially for our listeners, right? This is the Achieve Your Goals podcast, and the emphasis is helping people to achieve their goals, whatever those goals are. And I'm always bringing people on, like yourself, that have achieved these extraordinary goals. And what I love about what the story that you just shared for anyone listening is that, like, Rada, you had an idea, right? And how many people have a million, you know, they, everybody's got all these ideas, but they don't act on them. And you followed your heart, you followed your intuition, your soul down the rabbit hole, right? And made this idea, which is a crazy idea. Like, let's launch raves in the morning that are, serve green juice and are super positive. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's out there to where... And I'd actually love to hear your thought on this. If or where did doubt creep up? Like, were you like, wait, is anyone going to actually come to this? Is this still... Like, were those thoughts in your head? Like, this? I don't know if this is a good idea. Or did you like feel like, no, I know this will work if I just do it? Where were you at on the confidence certainty spectrum? 
You know, like anything, it's a social experiment. And I think that worst case scenario, and I think that's really where we just thought about it, like worst case scenario, no one shows up and we, you know, we pack our bags and we go to work and okay, so it, you know, didn't work out. Um, best case scenario is what happened. Yeah. But I think, you know, like, like any event kind of creator, it's constantly a moving target, right? Like every year is a new year. Trends are shifting. People are growing up, getting older. You know, we're getting older ourselves. So we want to, we want to create events that are more mature maybe or more, you know, more aligned with our new values because our values do shift over time. So one of the things that um, I've learned, you know, in doing this is, is, is again, you know, we used to say to one another, well, this isn't what it used to be. Like, you know, that festival isn't what it used to be, or like that thing isn't what it used, that conference isn't what it used to be. And now I'm just like, I tell everybody, it's not supposed to be what it used to be. It's (laughs) always supposed to be shifting. It's always supposed to be evolving. And if you can't evolve with the evolution of community, you're going to be the one disappointed and left behind. So it's really up to each and every one of us to begin to have a, a more open-minded beginner's mind about every new evolution of a community and begin to see it and, and evaluate it for yourself. Is this new iteration of this community a community that I still feel connected to? And if it's not, then okay, great. I mean, at least I had this wonderful two years with them and it's been amazing. Um, I, don't, I no longer feel connected to it. Or oh my gosh, like I'm growing in this way and this community is growing with me in this way. It feels so much more aligned. I want to go deeper with them. So it's, it's really up to us to continue evaluating whether a community still aligns with our current and new values as they shift as well. Um, but, but, as, but so long as we're complaining that things are, aren't, aren't what they used to be or our friendships aren't what they used to be, you're going to continue being disappointed with your own life, you know? Um, so I think that's been a big lesson for me is, is I used to live in this sort of scarcity mindset of, oh my God, how am I going to pay? You know, and I think most community builders out there aren't able to pay their bills because they haven't figured out how to convert a community into a community that wants it to, wants it to subsist by contributing um, financially to make, it, to make it survive, right? Yeah. And I think the big challenge for all the listeners out there is to begin valuing experiences in the same way that we value goods and products, right? Like so often friends will, friends will be like, Hey, can you slide me onto your, onto your guest list? And, and you never walk into an iPhone store and say, Hey, can you slide me a a free iPhone? (laughs) You know? (laughs) So I just think it's like, it's time that we begin valuing these experiences that are being created for one another. And, um, and I stopped living in that scarcity mindset and I began sort of standing strong in, in this notion that, hey, Daybreaker is going to continue existing so long as the community keep, continues to support it and show up. Um, and as soon as we, you know, as soon as the community stops showing up, we'll stop doing it. We'll do something else, you know? So sure. um, the good news is we've taken on $0 in investment. We're, we're being very, very careful with that. We want this to be truly for the community, by the community. Um, we're, we're very, very... Um, yeah, focused on on sort of our bottom line being belonging as our, our key performance indicator, you know, not uh, turning, you know, sort of year over year X percent profits, you know, to, to service our investors' needs. So it is in that sense, really wonderful, you know, sort of to be working on a project that, um, that has that bottom line so, um, so sort of hardlined. Yeah. So yeah, so that in that sense... Um, I'm really proud that we've been able to subsist for five years, grow, continue growing our team, have an office in New York City, you know, employees on salaries, the whole thing. Um, yeah. 
and make a living doing something you know, that supports the world. And so, again, it, it really takes a village and, and it takes the members in the community to continue supporting movements like yours and like mine to exist because otherwise we do something else, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, and I'm so grateful that you, like I said, community is such a part of my world that when Brianna Greenspan sent me this book, I said, you and I had to connect. I was like, you know, just reading the cover of the book and the back cover. I'm like, oh my gosh, I like, I can't get through this book fast enough, you know? It's such a great book. Oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah. And, and what's neat about it is it's kind of got dual applications, right? Where if someone is not at all a business person, you know, they're not an entrepreneur, but they just want to build their personal community, right? It's extraordinarily valuable for that. If you are an entrepreneur or a CEO, you know, business person, and you want to build a community from a professional standpoint, then it's perfect for you for that, right? So that's kind of a neat thing about it is, like the emphasis of the book, the foundation of the book, I think is, is really just... As it's for the individual first. Yeah. That the most important thing you can do to live a happy, healthy, and successful life is to belong. So um, Rada, any parting words for our listeners before we wrap up today? Yeah. I mean, I think keep showing up. And I think that's really it. Keep putting your shoes on and showing up and keep prioritizing your sense of belonging and, and continue asking yourself, I do a monthly audit you know, who are the friends right now that really make me feel a sense of belonging um, and continue doing that audit for yourself each and every month and show up for your friends. And we, you know, it's, it's not just about taking, it's about giving too and really thinking about what are the things, what are the gifts that come naturally to you that you can contribute to your community. And as long as we're thinking about this dance between the me and the we, like how can we continue self-expressing in our own authentic way while also serving our communities, um, will we find that deep sense of, of sort of satisfaction, belonging and, and wealth and health? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And goal achievers, everybody listening, check out the book. It is called Belong, Find Your People, Create Community and Live a More Connected Life. And I really believe communities make the world go round. And the community that you're in, if it's not the right community, if you feel like there's not alignment, that the people that you're surrounding yourself with aren't heading in the direction in their lives that you want to go in your life. There's no time like the present for you to really evaluate your community and get clear on the people you're spending time with. And it's not black and white where everybody's either good or bad or vice versa. You know, But there may be some people in your world that are adding a lot of value and that you guys are supporting each other and being the best versions of yourself. And you may have some people in your community and your circle of influence that don't fit that and, and that are causing you emotional distress or influencing you in a negative way, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, you name it. So by the way, is the book uh, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble? What's the best place to pick this up, Rada? Yeah, Amazon. On Amazon, um, it's, it's uh, available. And in every bookstore in America, it's also going to be in every Whole Foods um, in America ah. starting in December, which is very exciting. That's yeah. super exciting. Like kind of a little perk of being friends with John Mackey, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he had nothing to do with it. I called him up and I was like, wow, thank you so much. He's like, for what? And he's like, I don't have anything to do with uh. buying Oh, yeah. Funny. So I was actually quite proud of, of that secretly. <laughs> Heck yeah, that is very cool. And what's the best way to connect with you, find out more about your work, your speaking, your about Daybreaker? Where are the best places online to find you, Rada? Yep. So if you go to daybreaker.com, you can find us on the dance floor. I'm, I'm always on, on the dance floor somewhere around the country. <laughs> it's in New York. So you can find your city and put your email in. Uh, you start getting our secret, not secret invitations. Um, otherwise, for me, I just actually launched a, a community architecture consultancy to, to really support 
progressive organizations to build their community and their movement. And I'm really passionate about supporting other sort of deeply intentional organizations to build their community. So um, so there you can find me. Um, RadaAgrawal.com is my personal website. And then I'm launching Belong Center, which is the community architecture consultancy. Um, but that won't launch for another you know, six to eight weeks, the website itself. So in the meantime, you can get in touch with me directly on RadaAgrawal.com. Got it. And that'll all be in the show notes, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Rada, I love and appreciate you. It's so great to connect with you. Thank you for your time today. Likewise. You're rad. You're super cool. And I'm really inspired by your story. The feelings are mutual. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Goal Achievers, thank you for tuning in to another awesome conversation. And uh, it's been my pleasure to chat with Rada. I hope you enjoyed eavesdropping on today's conversation. (laughs) I love and appreciate you as well. And I will talk to you next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 